This is Within Digital, a digital marketing podcast brought to you by SearchStar, a relocalized company. Hi, I'm Nick Livermore, and this is episode one of Within Digital, a very exciting relaunch of what was previously known as Dancast. Some of you might have heard of it, many of you won't have. Um, otherwise known as the Digital Advertising News Podcast. Um, and today, I'll be talking to the previously eponymous Dan Fallon about the impact of COVID-19 on advertising and the positives and negatives of advertising during a recession. Obviously, Dan can't be in the room with me today, so we actually spoke on the phone last week about advertising during COVID-19, and uh, this is what he had to say. Hello, Nick. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Fine, thank you very much. Okay, now we're doing this the wrong way around, aren't we? Really, I think um, we've not we're, we've not quite settled on a new name for this for this for this podcast. We're relaunching Dancast. You might have been a listener in the past. Um, Dancast might have been in your iTunes favorite list or whatever they call it. Um, obviously, you li- out there, listeners, will know the name because it'll be on the title of the podcast but right now at the moment of recording dan and i have no idea what this podcast is called um all we know is that we've relaunched dancast we've relaunched dancast um i think we thought it was a little bit too news focused and the scope was quite narrow um the episodes are a little bit too long and actually really what we want to focus on is talking about good digital marketing good digital advertising how to do it well um, looking to the future a little bit more, um, maybe with a little bit of news thrown in, but that not being the focus. From today, it won't almost exclusively feature Dan, unfortunately. Um, we're going to be getting experts in from across the business and beyond. Um, think SEO, features from media owners, uh, interviews with clients and other industry experts, things like that. Having said that, Dan, the eponymous Dan Fallon is... Gutted. Our first guest. <laughs> he's gutted. It says prerogative to be gutted, but no, he is our first guest on the very first episode of what name, was called Dancast. Name of, <laughs> for the podcast formerly known as Dancast. And there really is only one topic we can kick off with today. Uh, it's the topic everybody's talking about, apart from things like home baking and what else? Garden furniture, I suppose. Excellent routines exercise routines um there's really only one topic we can kick off today and that's uh coronavirus covid19 obviously we're not going to pretend to be medical experts or anything like that and give advice on really anything other than potentially advertising but basically so dan forwarded me an email yesterday which was uh from campaign article in campaign martin sorrels sort of talking about the fact that the Traditional advice to brands, which was advertising through a recession is a great time to advertise, was nonsense, was, was Martin's argument. Uh, we got us talking. Got us talking, didn't it, Dan? And we, we, yep. So, so the tra- it's something we've been sort of batting back and forth a little bit over the past month, and there's sort of a traditional thought that um, advertising through a recession, if you can do it, is a good idea. Martin Sorrell sort of said, you know what? This is a bit different, and I, I think it's no, and I think it's nonsense. But we've got a slightly what we think, what we hope, is a slightly more nuanced opinion on the matter. 
But let's start with the basics, which is why, Dan, might advertising through a recession be a good idea? Because there's a Harvard Business Review piece of research that was done after some time about, I think it was done about 10 years ago, looking at data from the 2000 crash and the 2008 crash, where they analysed brands that sort of kept up with their advertising through either of those recessions versus those that didn't. And it quite strongly shows that the ones who managed to keep up their advertising came out of those recessions far stronger. Therefore, it's an argument that a lot of media owners bring out at times like this saying, guys, even though time is tough, actually keep your ad budgets flowing, you'll all come out of this stronger. So it's quite a nice self-serving piece of research from the media owners. I think Martin's quite correct to point out that, and certainly I think I tried it a couple of times with a few of our clients recently and was quite firmly slapped down with them sort of pointing out the fact that actually if you're trying to sell travel and the airport is shut, then it's probably better to save your cash. But from a basic level, why, why in theory is advertising through a recession a good idea? What are the, what are the benefits of advertising through a I recession? I suppose because, because media rates tend to be cheaper, ad costs are lower during recessions, there's, there's, there's just as much demand and, or there's just as much supply and less demand, and there's also less competitive noise. So you have an opportunity to build your brand cheaply when nobody else is out there. But a good opportunity for share of voice, haven't you really? I mean, yeah. If you're, if you're the only brand ad, advertising in your niche through the recession, then people are going to come out yep. of that recession thinking about and, you. And there is also a tendency at times of hardship for people to go to brands they know and trust, to not take risks, to not try new things, but to go back to, to what they feel safe with. And brands that are built over time are what people feel safe with. It's like brand, sort of corporate or brand stability, really. And, and, and actually, I think advertising through a recession helps, helps build that again for the future as well. Yes. But it is a little bit more complex than that. And, and you, touched upon, uh, you touched upon the travel industry and why advertising, why the travel industry continuing to advertise might be a bad idea. Um, do you I, mean, think I, think, yeah, that- I think it would just be bizarre at the moment to see an ad for a cruise line. You know, if I was if I was to turn on my telly or to see to see an ad telling me to take a cruise, I would I would just think that was just odd at the moment, and I'd actually you know you'd, you'd significantly question what that advertiser was up to. Uh, when they can't run cruises now, how can they be promoting 2021 cruise schedules? Absolutely, I mean you know no one's going to be no one's going to be looking to buy a 2021 mm-hmm. cruise right now. That'd be absolutely mad, absolute madness, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think though that we're slightly conflating the individual parts of advertising here do you think that actually okay pbc for a travel company might be a bad idea but is advertising on facebook perhaps a better idea or should brands be looking to move their spend around a little bit i think there's there's a couple of there's a couple of arguments in there there's brands that just have no require are, are there's a lot of clients out there and brands out there who are in crisis mode hoarding their cash and worrying about their short-term survival and those people are just not in a position to advertise mm-hmm. there's other firms who are doing okay and there they have an issue about and, and you know we're, we're seeing in a lot of markets we're seeing some people selling gym equipment or those sorts of people where there is sort of significant demand for their product 
and they're they're advertising to the extent they need to. They're getting, but they're they're again having issues with stock and whether how much they want to be and to what, what extent they actually even need to put their money into into ad budgets. But where they do, it's brilliantly effective. There's other people who've got a little bit more resource who are thinking, okay, fine. Well, can should to what extent is now the time to build my brand? Do I think the consumer has other things on their mind? Do, do I think they're receptive to my to my advertising. If I was Heinz tomato ketchup, I'd probably be advertising. I'd be taking advantage of the cheap rates. I know people always want Heinz tomato ketchup and I'd be keeping going and I'd be taking advantage of the low market. But I think it's completely horses for courses as to the situation you're in. But I think for a lot of brands, they are thinking that the consumer is not actively in their market. I think a lot of us sitting at home know that we're buying quite a lot of product at the moment, but it's within very distinct verticals. And I think other people have to watch very carefully as to when they think, A, when can they afford to come back in terms of is their cash flow position coming back together? But then when do, when do they think the consumer's coming back into their market is, is amenable to communication and getting in as soon as they can to take advantage of the cheap rates that are out there and to get in and start building share of voice before their competition does. So – you sort of got me thinking there a little bit. And, okay, so there are probably quite a number of brands out there, especially the smaller brands, who can't afford to advertise at the moment. Even if it were a good thing for them to do, they can't afford to advertise at the moment. If they did advertise, then they might actually just be dicing with, you know, fa- failure, ultimately. You know, mm-hmm. there's no point advertising through a recession if you don't come out the other side of it. Correct. Um, so for those smaller brands, do you think – the most important thing they can do is, you know, maybe go into hibernation to a certain extent, but really keep a very close eye on the market and spend their time understanding when would be a good time for them to come back and start advertising again. Um, I don't like the distinction between large and small brands. The way modern media works is if you are a large brand, you can afford to target more broadly. If you're a small brand, you simply advertise down to your niches. I think the more interesting distinction is just is the consumer receptive to your advertising at the moment? Yes, people are interested in tomato ketchup. No, people aren't interested in cruise lines or cars. People can't drive at the moment, so you'd be wasting your money as an automotive advertiser. No one's particularly interested. Although maybe if you're a far-sighted automotive advertiser, you could think about it, but you're probably better off sitting on your cash for another month until people are out on the roads again. Uh, so earlier, Dan, uh, we talked about why advertising through a recession might be a good idea. And one of the one of the main points, I think the first point you came up with was that the cost of advertising drops during a recession. Um, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, advertising is typically uh, uh, the price of advertising is determined by supply by supply and demand. There is no shortage of supply at the moment, especially in digital. People are spending an enormous amount of time consuming media at the moment, digital media. It's interesting though that it varies quite distinctly by market, because in 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 some, especially in search, because in oh, there's a big distinction between search advertising here and display advertising, and I think by display advertising you can take it all the way from like media like Facebook, through TV, through newspapers. In, in search, the markets are much more vertically distinct, whereas the prices for, say, clicks for gym equipment haven't dropped at all. 
there are there's plenty of demand out there, but also there is plenty of supply. There's plenty of supply, but also there's plenty of demand from you know gym advertisers very keen to sell gym equipment. In the travel search markets, it's completely different. In yes, there is limited, there is less search out there, and there are some people out there planning their summer holidays, but there are absolutely no advertisers because all of the travel advertisers are, are absolutely on their backs. So there are very for though so there are you know the, the prices have, have flawed in. The display ad market, it's a much more even picture in that you've got advertisers like Facebook who are seeing increased amounts of eyeballs and clicks and impressions to sell. But across the board, across their markets, because they have in general 50% fewer advertisers, they are having to sell all of that inventory at 50% less because when somebody goes onto Facebook they and starts to sort of scroll through their feed – they have 50% fewer. They still want to show the same number of ads, but they have 50% fewer advertisers to pick from. Therefore, inevitably, they end up sending that, selling those ads for 50% less. So that same gym advertiser who on Google would still be asked to pay if they were paying a pound a click before, they're still being asked to pay a pound a click. On Facebook, if they were paying five pound a thousand on Facebook, now they'll only being asked. They'll only be asked for two or three pound a thousand because the market has dropped. There's so little other competition there. So there is an imperative or there is an argument for a lot of search advertisers to explore display advertising much more, whether that's Facebook, whether that's programmatic display or programmatic TV, you know, traditional TV, all of those markets have just as many eyeballs and far less demand. And then I think the other part of Martin Sorrell's argument is or not, not his argument necessarily, actually, but what he was talking about was the shape of the recession. Um, is is COVID-19 drastically different from other recessions we've seen in the in the near and distant past? And what do we think is going to happen in Q4? Martin's predicting uh, a V-shaped repression. Uh, repression? Recession. Martin's predicting a V-shaped recession. Is, is is that what you think is going to happen? Um, I think in the medium long term, yes, there's likely to be a downturn. There's likely to be a recession, and that I think that recession will pan out in the in the normal way they do. I suspect this one will be a bit more savage than previous. I think in the short term, it's right to describe it as V-turn because we've gone down very hard. At some point, we're going to rise up very, relatively quickly out of the sort of complete inertia we're currently in up to a point where yes the economy is the vast most bits of the economy are functioning you know possibly with the travel is going to come back later people selling to the to the older community are going to come back later but then we're just going to left with a damaged economy that has some bankrupt companies poorer consumers that will pan out in the normal way of a 12 to 24 month period of the economy recovering the interesting bit for us all now is anticipating at what point do we come out of the the deep short-term trough that we're in at the moment and i think anyone who can predict that is a billionaire martin <laughs> sorrell probably already is a billionaire um, well, i don't know maybe if, if certainly in the high millions um and he he obviously seems to think depending on what he finds is coming out is, is is in the Q4. I think when we're looking at our clients, we are not seeing much upside in April. 
I think we are hoping that we will see green shoots in May, quite when we see whether that's at the beginning of May that the consumer gets told that their garden centres are open and they can get out there again and they can start going to holiday parks and they can start going back to Alton Towers. If that happens in May, great, then the economy will be firing. If we have to wait till June, then that's Mm going to delay it. So I think there's an enormous debate about the timing of when that quite sharp pickup happens. And then there's another debate to be had about, okay, fine. So what's the pace or what pace does it recover from the initial sharp pickup? Do we come back to a new normal of an economy that is just sort of 10% smaller than the old one or quite, quite how it happens? I think there's a thing in stock market or in trend prediction that it's very easy to predict trends in the very long term. Like you can predict the rise of China or whatever it is. The issue is predicting, okay, fine. So When's, when exactly is China going to start rising and yeah. at what pace it's going to rise? And we know so, the end point, but we don't know. We, we, we know the end point, which is stuff will get better. But actually, which month is it going to start to get better and at what pace it's going to get better? That's an enormous discuss. My prediction, back end of back end of May, things will start coming back together quite quickly. And then the pace will be relatively steady, but from quite a low base. And then there's going to be a long, long run, grindy dip. And a lot of transformation is going to have happened in the economy. The high street is going to be completely transformed. People are going to be significantly more digital, etc. But I suspect a lot of that's for the next podcast. Oh, yes. I think I think sociologists will be discussing the impact of coronavirus for well, it'll be on syllables in 80 years time. Syllabuses. What did I say? Syllables. Oh, it's affecting me. It's affecting me. That's not a mistake I'd usually make. Okay, Okay. great. Thanks for your insight, Dan. Okay. Thanks. Pleasure. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.